Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hey there, welcome back for another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie, the founder of Defy the Status Quo, which is a branding and marketing consultancy. And here at Defy the Status Quo, I feel like today interviewing Barbara Cook, I am definitely living up to the name of the podcast, the Defiant Business Podcast. I was so excited to tell pretty much everybody, hey guys, guess who I'm interviewing today? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm interviewing Barbara Cook. She's the CEO of Lovers. It's a sexual wellness retailer. And they're like, what? What? Mm -hmm. Weren't you just Mm -hmm. interviewing a quantum physicist? I'm like, yes, that's how you know the podcast is doing what it's supposed to do. Quantum physicist one week. And then the next week we get to talk about sexual wellness because everything, that's what, that's what business is. So as I mentioned, Barbara is the CEO of the sexual wellness retailer Lovers and the popular online lingerie retailer Yandy. And so in our episode last week, we kind of explored how Barbara came to be the CEO of these companies and what her vision is for them moving forward and owning our own pleasure. That was just my favorite, favorite phrase in the description of her vision, as well being an employer of choice, which I think is just shows how important it is to invest in your employees. So Barbara, thank you again so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me back. It's great to see you again. So today we are going to be talking about uh, destigmatizing the sexual wellness industry through brand marketing. And this, I think, for me is something being in the marketing space, but also being somebody who is a very conscious consumer. So whether it's for my business or for like, you know, me on a personal level or my family, being a very conscious consumer. And I think that's a trend we're starting to see more now as people want to be part of value-driven and purpose-driven businesses. So just to be clear for our listeners, can you tell us what type of stigma you're fighting in the sexual wellness industry? Sure. And, and it's, it's patchy. And in places where it's archaic, it's still archaic. But, you know, we can't advertise in certain places due to the nature of their business. There are landlords that don't want us to have anything in our in our windows. There are people that, you know, really object to us being even in, in, the, in the neighborhood. And they, they also, people tend to hide, you know, they'll say, our local council won't like it, or I. But what they're really saying is, I don't know what to do with this, and I, I'd rather not have anything to do with any of this. So that's actually a, quite problematic. And you know what's really sad about this? So we're a business, as as we talked about last time, that started forty years ago. Mm-hmm. So two two things. First of all, exactly. But first of all, the 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 sector itself was not understood. There were places where people didn't even know whether it was legal or not, right? Is this mm-hmm. is this a legal business or not? And also the fact that at that stage to have a woman pioneering this was also completely misunderstood. I, I still get emails, even though my name is Barbara, which 
but which kind of define, but I still get emails, dear Mr. Cook, because it, it, there is an assumption. There is just mm-hmm. an assumption. So imagine that 40 years ago. And uh, she was, t- I, I had her come and talk to the staff about what it was like 40 years ago mm-hmm. and how proud she feels today. Unfortunately, we lost her a couple of weeks ago, but, but, but she, oh, she goodness. did come to talk to us. And she told us a story. And she told us a story about, this is 40 years ago, told us a story about how she opened the store and some customer had come in on the Sunday. She was serving and he bought a whole load of stuff. And on Monday, he came back dressed in his work clothing, saying he'd come from the council to shut her down because it was an illegal business. So enjoyed it as a customer first and then came to shut her down 40 years ago. Let me take you back to end of 2019. So just just over, you know, just over a year, a year and a bit ago. That's incorrect. 2019 isn't a year and a bit ago. So I, can well, I stop it's OK, because I still feel like it's 2020. Sorry. So. so let me take you back to 2019, end of 2019 in Washington State. We had posters in our window, which were. They were, they were, I would say sexy. I would not say raunchy. I would certainly not take it anywhere near pornographic. They were just sexy and mainly underwear, just sexy underwear. And this guy came in and said, this is unacceptable. Take these down from your windows. Unacceptable. We have to take these down. So we, we took them down. That particular gentleman turned out to work, you know, he was obviously working in the council in some sort. And it was his retirement due three weeks later. And his team came into the store and said, he loves this stuff. We want to make a big bumper package for him for his retirement. So you have this, and that, so this is ne- like to the end of 2019. That was 40 years ago. I'm trying to illustrate that in some senses, not a lot has changed in terms True. of the stigmatism. In some places, of course, that's not true everywhere. And of course, the landscape is changing. But I do, you know, pleasure is definitely our birthright. And it needs to be reclaimed, reframed and self-defined. And Lovers is actually all about supporting consumers on this deeply personal journey, as we talked about last week, we talked about personal journey. And we speak to a spectrum of pleasure topics throughout our marketing and our product assortment, as well as from our brand values, which are about inclusivity, well-being, sex positivity, respect, and empowerment. And it's our mission to empower people to enjoy pleasure in all ways with our sex toys and our products. So that's who we are. And we bump into these barriers of where we can and can't advertise. And that is just a question in my head of we'll just keep banging on the door until it opens. We'll keep banging on the door because at some point people are going to have to accept that they're humans too. And not for nothing, they are highly likely to have some kind of sex life themselves. So, you know, it's a fairly reasonable assumption that they they actually do know what we're talking about. That's interesting. Like the the compare like not comparison but almost like this division within the person right that they would enjoy it privately but then publicly deride it and you know it's got to be shut down we got to take this down we have to do this because um presumably right that's because 
how they believe they're expected to act. And so they do. But then, you know, at least quietly behind closed doors, as it were, they are at least open enough to be like, hey, these this is what I enjoy. I do like to explore and, ha- you know, have an open mind. But the door has to be closed, essentially. Like I can't be a council member and also be open minded about sex and pleasure. Can't do that. They don't go together in in this like that's got to be a really that. hard way to live. Yeah, and not everywhere. Let's be clear; it's not everywhere. Right, but, right, right. But those are some of the things we come up, we come up against, and it's also quite interesting. We I was in a, a store actually um, in the Pacific Northwest, one of our stores, fairly recently, and a customer came in, and he was you could see he was really shy. He just didn't know what he wanted to do. And of course, we had our fabulous team sort of went to help him and all the rest of it. And actually, he was looking for just some sexy um, nightwear, so sexy uh, lingerie for his wife to spice up their life a little bit. And he was in the store, crikey, it must have been about half an hour. And he came up afterwards and he said to me, you know, I didn't want to walk into a lingerie department of a departmental store. I felt completely like a fish out of water. I don't, I don't even know what to ask for. And people there, don't. It, they're just sort of mass produce. They're mass, mass. This was very personal. And actually, it's made me think it's a lot more than the negligee I bought, actually. It's it's far more than that that I need to learn about. And, you know, I've, I've heard about your your digital, you know, re, your online uh, call-ins and dial-ins that you have that I'd love to learn about and I'd love to be part of. And he said, it, uh, this has completely changed the way I've looked at how I'm trying to spice up my life with my wife that I didn't even think about and I didn't even know about. And he said, and I I also work in marketing, so it's made me really think about what I need to do and what I need to think about. So he will take that experience and go and and, and magnify it with with other people in his sector as well. So it's it's coming. It's just slow. (laughs) That's true. Okay, so actually that leads into my next question. And that's, that's, I think, just a very good example of, the impact that, you know, you are having as the CEO and and your employees are having as employees who are embracing the vision and embracing the mission of the company, that they were able to have such an impact on this man in that way. Because I'll tell you what, like, I've been a Victoria's Secret and I don't, I don't feel like I've ever left with that type of, you know, Correct. You know, so I think that's a huge, a huge difference. But why do you think now is the the prime time to start like shedding this stigma? Well, somewhat shockingly, people may be surprised at this. The actual global sexual health and wellness uh, market size is expected to reach one hundred and twenty five billion dollars by twenty twenty six. And that's, of course, by market research. The fact that the PLBY group acquired Lovers in in March 2021 is an acquisition as an example of the explosion of the sexual wellness sector in the retail industry. And so it, it is that time. It is that time for people to embrace and accept pleasure, sensuality, sexual wellness as key elements of self care and wellness in under this sort of mental health umbrella. And at a time where people are looking at their lives, reevaluating their lives, really, really honing in on what's important to them as we work our way through this pandemic. And we're also seeing from a, from a, not only from a personal point of view, but in, in the commercial sense, we're seeing huge mergers in this space 
with new funding rounds in the sexual wellness startups, which I'm sure 40 years ago, Phyllis would have absolutely given her eye teeth for. And also the debut of sexual wellness mini shops. For example, Bloomingdale's unveiled a sexual wellness shop in May 2021. Nordstrom's launched a vibrating shopping hub in January 2021. The intimacy brand Maud closed a 5.8 million Series A funding in June 2021. You know the, the product Dame, the sex toy product brand Dame, closed a 4 million in seed funding in February 2021. Wow. Bergdorf, Neiman, Sachs, Nordstrom, all stocking Velo Biosciences, Women's Pleasure Serum. And within the industry, WowTech, one of the biggest sexual wellness product providers, vendors, and Love Honey became the largest sexual wellness company with a $1.2 billion merger in August 2021. So not only is it necessary for humankind for all the reasons we've talked about, it kind of helps that it is a a really big commercial proposition and it's growing um, very fast and it's, it's moving into the more mainstream retailers and the more mainstream way of communicating with consumers in a way that it never has before. So that's why now is the time. And that's why why we're very happy to be in this space. So with all of those numbers, I, I think that that really highlights your point, like with the size of the sexual wellness industry on a global scale, but then looking at all of these different moves that these companies are making, I think it really does highlight that now is the best time because it doesn't just enable the industry as a whole to continue to grow and make more money, but it also helps people become more comfortable with their sexuality, which is a huge component of their humanity and like their human experience, which again, just highlights like now is the time to start kind of chipping away at this stigma and give people what in in a lot of cases, what they're asking for. So, so Just kind of going along with the title here of today's episode, what has changed in lovers brand marketing that aids in the destigmatization efforts? So within lovers, we have developed a holistic, creative approach to marketing campaigns across bricks and mortar and digital channels. And we are providing sex education resources. For example, In June, Lovers launched our um, inaugural Lovers Artist Series Pride Edition that it created in celebration, obviously, of Pride Month and to destigmatize and support conversations on pleasure. So what happened was we commissioned 10 artworks from 10 international LGBTQIA plus visual artists to depict their interpretation of what an orgasm felt like or feels like or looks like or means to them. By the way, that word is our currently our, our highest checked word. Everybody <laughs> loves the word orgasm. And, and before, of course, it was never even, ever even mentioned. But anyway, so the public voted for their favorite three out of the 10 artworks, and they were sold on the website, loverstores.com. A hundred percent of the proceeds were donated to the LGBTQIA plus focused organizations of Lambda Legal and the 
APLA. With that, Lovers is continuing the artist series campaign next year for Valentine's Day. And we are going to be commissioning artists to create artworks for greeting greetings cards that we're going to make based on their interpretation of love. So really switching up and really embracing everything we we care about in terms of diversity and inclusion, in terms of artistic expression, ex- the, 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 the pleasure that that gives you and sharing how that feels to you as an individual, just to c- completely open up this kind of conversation and use words like orgasm that, you know, may, may, you know, have previously not been so comfortable. And then because of that word and because we felt very passionately that we should, we should use it in a different way, we created National Orgasm Day in July. And what we did, we held out, outdoor parties at our local stores with entertainment such as pole dancers, we had food trucks, we had sex positive artists, we had erotica readings, we had sex education workshops, and a ton more. And for National Sex Toy Day in November's in November coming up, lovers will have an in-store educational event with local sexperts and leaders providing workshops aligning to various sexual wellness themes that we'll be going through at the time, but more of that to come. So really trying to bring the whole kind of sexual health and wellness into mainstream conversation that it's fun to talk about, that people want to have a badge that says National Orgasm Day and proud to wear it. And uh, and I think, I think, you know, that is a, in a huge part a great accolade and a, and and a wonderful testament to our marketing team who pulled all that together so yeah it's uh that's it's a amazing lot of fun. like i there's so many elements here so yes absolutely round of applause mm-hmm. for the marketing team for sure because there's so many different elements here like you've Yay. got the you know reaching out and like establishing you know again kind of putting your money where your mouth is in a way with with the communities and and representing that (laughs) inclusivity, but also making the lovers community be a part of it by allowing them to vote right on, on the different artworks. And, but then again, also going back to that conscious consumer part where it's like, okay, and the proceeds are being donated. 100% of the proceeds are being donated to these organizations. And, and more people are cognizant of this, but sometimes we have to be careful with like fundraisers and things that are being run by organizations because a a relatively small amount, you know, like 20% of the proceeds might be donated. And I think that that's fine if you're, if you're very clear, like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And we always, you know, we're donating a certain portion of our proceeds this month, let's say in, in honor of a particular month. But if you are actually running a fundraiser, <laughs> And it needs to be a significant sum. So I just, I appreciate that, that you all were able to be like, yep, we're going to go hundred percent in, but there's just so many different pieces here. And I'm imagining the, the digital and like physical marketing campaigns that must've went into fueling that and making sure that the word was out. It's just, it's all like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, It's like fireworks of a campaign (laughs) that would have been a a behemoth. (laughs) So just, yes, absolutely round of applause to y'all's marketing team. Well, and. And Ruthie, I think this is where you and I connect, I think, in a, in a much deeper way. I think everything you're doing with your work here on the yes. podcast is authentic. 
right? It, it's real and it's authentic. And that's what lovers is, right? Lovers is authentic. And when you are donating to something, to a, a charity or an organization or a, a group, whatever, it's not to check the box that says, oh, yes, look, we've done our, our donation. It's, this is something that matters to us and is ingrained in, 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 in who we are and how we are, both as an employer and as, as a business, as a, as a consumer business. So, for, so, and I think that authenticity is really what, 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 binds, yes. what binds us so well, right, you and I. I think it's that, it's that very genuine, we're doing everything for the right reasons may not always get it right, may have a lot more to do, you know, may have, may have wished we could have done some things a little better. But you know what, if you're this type of person, if you are a Ruthie person, then and, 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 you know, you, you want to fulfill your life in a work sense in a different way. Um, this sector, and I'm, I'm going to say lovers specifically, and Yandy are on a slightly different uh, way, because that is very lingerie and costume focused, which is also fabulous. But yeah, this is this is a place to be, and this is a place to work, and this is a place to to grow a life and a career that is 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 fabulous. So, you know, hurrah to you for what you're doing, and you know, hurrah to the team here for what they're doing too. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Barbara. And I I would agree. I would agree absolutely that that's is what it is. It's authenticity, and I think that as as business people, we we have if we do want to connect with people in that way, on a very deep way. That's why it's important to look at how can we infuse this authenticity into our marketing, into our customer service, and allow it to take hold in all aspects. So that way, every single touch point, every single interaction that a customer has, they still receive, they, they are able to receive that authentic feeling that this is what we're trying to do. Like, I, some of my best customer service experiences have been when I wasn't 100% satisfied with the product, but I would still go back to that company because of how they were able to handle it and take care of me, even as a customer who wasn't having the best experience yeah. with the product. And I have no doubt that that is exactly how your customer service team would respond. But that's just because, again, like your you're people out on the floor, your people in marketing, your people looking at sales and, and all of it. They're embracing that vision and they are able to authentically reflect it to everyone that they encounter in as part of their work and probably even as part of their their lives, which is a beautiful thing. Their lives. Yeah. Yeah. There you have it. There well, you have thank it. you so much for doing this interview with me and for help letting allowing me to be a part of the the destigmatization de as well. I I have four kids and I want them to be able to to grow up. And yeah, sure, maybe they still don't want to talk about it with mom and dad. That's cool. But I want them to be able to feel as if they can go talk to somebody and be comfortable, you know, and I, you know, just be comfortable talking about it. And I think that even this destigmatization around the sexual wellness industry, I think ties very much into how much we need to reinforce how important consent is for our children and and breaking down that, you know, very patriarchal structure and how, how you know, sexual assault and, and rape is handled in our, in the United States, at least, as well as many other countries. I think it all kind of comes together because if I can talk about my sexual wellness, then it becomes, I think, a bit easier for me to also talk about when things did not go the way that I wanted them to go that, you know, that I maybe did not even give consent for. So, 
So yep, just thank you. Agree. <laughs> thank you for letting me there be a go. part of this. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of your world, letting the lovers team and the Yandy team be a part of your world sort of through me. And, and don't yes. forget we've got Playboy in the background as well. So a big, big family of brands here that is going to make a difference in the world. And so jump on in. <laughs> yes. Okay. So everybody, please, if you did not listen to Barbara's first episode that went live last week, do check that out. It's just two episodes higher than this one. And do check out the links that we've got in the show notes. If I'm sure you're probably very much like me if you've been listening to the podcast for any given amount of time and you're a conscious consumer. So uh, if you liked what you heard, if you resonated with what you heard, I would challenge you to, again, put your dollars where your beliefs are and shop with people who align with your beliefs and your values. And so for me, Lovers definitely aligns with mine, which is why they're on the podcast. And I am more than happy to vote with my dollars. So do check out those links in the show notes. And Barbara, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Ruthie. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.